we are going to be talking about the rise in pet theft in the UK today and what pet owners can really do uh, to help protect their pets. And I'm joined by Debbie Matthews, who is CEO of the Stolen and Missing Pets Alliance and the founder of Vets Get Scanning. And you also have your own experience with pet theft. Hi, Debbie. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. Yes, I, it started for me back in May 2006 when my own two dogs were stolen from my car. As you can imagine, it's any pet owner's worst nightmare and it's just horrific what happens to you. Back in 2006, it wasn't a big deal to leave your dogs in cars. It wasn't a hot day, you know, all the normal things. It was close to the store. You could see the store door. It was a busy car park, car washes, people walking around. I'd done it a million times before and as had all my family and many friends. And when I came out of the store, I could see that there were two men standing by my car and started to walk towards them thinking, God, the dogs are going to be going mad. What are they doing standing there? And then I could see the driver's window had no reflection. And I started to panic, started to run. I don't know if you've ever been in a a panic situation, but everything goes into slow motion. And I was running but couldn't get there, shouted to them, are my dogs okay? And they put their heads in the car and said, what dogs? Finally got to them, looked in the car myself. There was glass everywhere from where the window had been smashed. And um, they said, the police want to talk to you because they want to know what happened, what you'd left in the car. Spoke to the police and they said to me, what did you leave in the car that was valuable? I said, my dogs. No, no, no. What did you leave in the car that was valuable? And uh, I said, my dogs were in the car. No, no, no. Did you leave a laptop? Did you leave your purse? I said, no, my dogs were in the car. And they said, well, as it's only dogs, we won't come out, which was devastating at the moment because I wanted them to come and check for fingerprints or whatever they could do to help me. You know, what what else was I going to do? I then went into the store. They told me to phone up microchip database, which I did. And that was the start of my journey of the dogs being stolen. And what do you do when your dog is stolen? You know, back then in 2006, the wasn't very much online, but I found a website called dogloss.co.uk. You filled in your details and instantly a, a, there's a poster for you. I phoned them up and said, my dogs have been stolen. What can I do? Should get the posters to a printers, start putting the posters up, go back to the area, which is what I did. I, have, I told her that they were seven years old and neutered. She, and Jane, who was the founder of Dog Loss, said, well, they'll probably be sold on quickly for cash. So just don't panic too much. I know what you're going through. And I said, well, that's great. They're microchipped. If they do get sold on, then I'll get them back. And she said, I'm sorry to tell you, but vets don't check microchips at first presentation. So which again, so now I've got the police aren't going to help me. My microchips aren't going to help me. So I'm relying on posters and public awareness and trying to get the dogs back. And to most people, a Yorkshire Terrier is a Yorkshire Terrier. You know, how do you define your dog? You know, it's really difficult. I started postering the area. I should add at this point that I was very lucky because my father is Sir Bruce Forsyth, that we had a route to national newspapers and to television. And when we spoke to Jane Hayes about it, she said, let them be sold on, give them a week, let them be passed on, and then go public with your father. You don't want to make them too hot that they can't be sold on, which is what we did. The newspapers held back and uh, 
I think it was the Daily Mirror photographed me first putting out posters in uh, Camberley. Then BBC News contacted us and we did a live six o'clock news. And then the following morning, we did a live appeal on GMTV. And the first morning, this is nine days and 10 days after they'd gone missing. And the live appeal with the early morning GMTV. And that first morning, a man phoned up to say he bought Widget from a livestock market in Southall. He was one of dogs in boxes. Went and got Widget and said, did you see another little Yorkie there, smaller, probably barking at the world? And he said, no, he didn't. But we did a follow-up the following morning on GMTV. And that morning, the lady who bought Gizmo was watching and she bought him from a park, someone in a park in Hayes. So without my father, I wouldn't have got the dogs back. This is an incredible story, actually. And I can't even imagine how you must have been feeling for those nine or 10 days, feeling so powerless to get your dogs back. And has anything changed since then? Say this, say you were in the same situation today. Would the police be more receptive and helpful? Do vets check uh, microchips on the, on the first visit now? Have things changed? Well, it, it actually shows me as a very bad <laughs> campaigner because we've only just got the law changed uh, on pet theft. So at the moment, our pets are classified as property, which means they're a category four offence. They're valued at under £500 as secondhand goods. And there lays the problem why the police can't really get involved. For Gizmo, they were classified as car theft because they were stolen from my car. If a dog is stolen from a house, it's a house burglary. There's there's no definition from where dogs are stolen from. You phone up any police force around the country and ask them how many bicycles are stolen. They can tell you instantly because they've got a tick box for bicycles. Ask them how many dogs have been stolen. They haven't got a clue. And that's one of the things we're changing now as well. After campaigning for many years, we've now got to the point in November last year that dog theft is going to be a specific crime and it's working its way through Parliament now. Can you tell me a bit more about how the law is set to change? Because it sounds like a really important change for any pet owner. What's happening with this new law then? Well, it's it's been a long time coming. I joined, uh, we started Stolen and Missing Pets Alliance back in uh, 2014 and uh, realised we to change the law, we had to start engaging with Parliament. You know, we're grassroots campaigners. We're not professional campaigners we're literally pet owners who have had a bad experience and want to get our dogs protected so it was a real learning curve but we found MPs uh, Gareth Johnson was our first MP and uh, we had our first dog theft awareness day um, in 2017 as a tryout really in parliament to see what kind of response we would get from from MPs so many MPs have got dogs. So many MPs didn't realise what the problems were. So we got instant support. We then met up with Dr. Daniel Allen, and he'd been watching all the stolen dogs that we'd been sharing on Twitter and Facebook and kept asking us loads of questions. Why was this happening? Why wasn't there more help? Why weren't there more prosecutions? Being an academic, he asked all the right questions, and we were giving him the answers which weren't satisfactory. And he said to us, would you like me to start a petition? Let's try and get this this done. So we started our first petition in 2018, which reached 100,000, had a debate in Parliament. We thought, yay, we've done it. And you have loads of MPs standing up and supporting your work. 
And George Eustace stood up at the end and said, well, the government thinks everything's fine as it is. Dogs are a category two poor, which they weren't. And that was it. So you do all that work and you think, well, that can't be right. So Dr. Dan, thank goodness, being an academic, started doing figures and freedom of information requests with the police. We started another petition to 2019. That got 100,000. But then we hit Brexit. So we had to do another petition in 2020, which again reached the over the 100,000. And we had our second debate. The MP who led that was Tom Hunt. And he kept on at Robert Buckland, who was the justice minister. And with the help of Ian Duncan Smith, who then brought Pretty Patel in, we got the Pet Theft Task Force set up. And from that, we got dog theft working its way through Parliament now. So the change in law will mean that this will give the police more powers to act because you wouldn't expect a, a police force to be running around after your laptop. But if it's a specific crime for dog theft, they can start searching for your dog. And the courts, of course, will be then able to give the appropriate sentencing, which is needed to act as a deterrent. It's seen as a low risk, high reward crime at the moment. I mean, congratulations for doing all of that hard work and finally getting some progress. That must have been extremely frustrating. Before we move on to the whys of pet theft, I want to ask you, how did it feel to be reunited with who, what what were they called? Gizmo and Widget. Widget and Gizmo. (laughs) Widget and Gizmo, my boys. Going through the theft it's all you could think about. You don't eat, you don't sleep. All I was doing was putting up posters. I put up about 5,000 posters around Camberley and was working my way out at the time. It's the not knowing, you know, are they together? Are they being fed? Are they warm? Widget was scared of thunderstorms. And that first night there was a thunderstorm and the torment that you go through, the guilt as well, you know, that I'd left them in the car. You know, how could I be so stupid, (laughs) you know, thinking about it now and I'm trying to warn other owners never to leave their dogs in cars but it's the most awful awful thing and it didn't just affect me it affects my whole family you know my children my husband my father I mean everybody was devastated that they'd been taken they were they're part of our family priceless irreplaceable members of our family and when I got them back it was it was like we'd been through a dream, like a nightmare. I remember we got back home and we just sat still, silent. No one moved for, it seemed like days, but we just were in shock. It was the shock of what we've been through, disbelief of what we've been through, but so grateful I got them back. I I mean, I have a dog, Soot. I can't even imagine what I would be feeling if he got stolen. I'd I'd go Hulk mother on everybody. I think it would be so, so traumatizing and upsetting. So why are these pets, dogs especially, but also cats, why are they being stolen then? Well, dogs have been stolen for quite a few years, many years, obviously, since my ones were, were stolen. Usually it was for cash, selling on. And then, of course, we got into the puppy farming and Thieves, I can't tell you what type of dog is going to be stolen because it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what age, size, colour, breed they are. They take the dogs and then decide what they're going to do with them. During the pandemic, we saw more people wanting puppies and dogs, which meant they needed more breeding stock. So more dogs were taken. Puppy prices went up to £3,000 a puppy. So, you know, even if 
I mean, we've, this last few months, we've seen an awful lot of puppies being stolen, which is a quick turnover, really, because if you know you can steal a puppy and sell it for a cut price of £1,500, it's a good profit. So it's worth taking the risk, especially as there's no punishment out there at the moment. So money, money is always the, the root cause of all these things. And if they sell the dogs on, they're going to get money. If they keep them for breeding, they're going to make money. It's, you know, it's easy. Yeah, I've got a stat here that says there's been a 200% rise in cat theft, especially since 2015, and, and a significant rise in dog theft as well since the pandemic, just to kind of feed this demand for pandemic puppies, as they're called. What are the most common circumstances for pet theft then? The Most dogs are stolen from homes and gardens. So it's really, really important for people to check their own home security, check your gates, fencing, put locks on, security lights, um, CCTV people are starting to use. Ring bells are helping quite a lot with getting dogs back home as well. When you're out for a walk, if your dog hasn't got very good recall, try and keep it in sight. You know, a lot of dogs disappear. They, they run off through a hedge and that's the last time you see them. So be aware when you're out walking with your dog, vary your routes where you're going and the times you walk. And obviously never leave your dog outside a shop or in a car unattended. They're the the top, you know, as well, top advice. They're easy pickings for dog thieves. I didn't really realise that um, it was an issue leaving your dog outside a shop until I moved to London. Because, you know, in a, in a smaller village or a smaller town, everybody does it. But I, I did it once in the, my local shop in London and the, do, the, the shop owner said to me, absolutely never do that again. You know, we've had instances of dogs being swiped. So it absolutely is very common in East London where I live. And I've, I've got a, a friend at the dog park and she said she was walking along once and the dog was trailing behind her on the lead. And she suddenly felt the lead go slack and she turned around and someone had tried to swipe the dog off the lead as she was walking along. Yeah. So it seems the thieves are, are really quite audacious sometimes in terms of... They are. And it's the last thing you think is going to happen. Only a couple of weeks ago, there was a lady walking her a little French bulldog, Luna. The story's on our website that the guys, two guys leant down, stroked the dog, talking, chatting away to her, unclipped the lead and off they went. Luckily enough, the police got, they had a tip off. And because there was CCTV, the dog was returned. But, um, you know, we love our dogs. We show off with them. We want to talk to people about them. You know, that's how we are with our dogs. I mean, the police in that case, they picked up the case and went after it. Is it just kind of ad hoc then whether you get, because there's no law yet to class dog theft in its own kind of category, is it really luck in terms of you report it to the police whether they're going to help or not? It is. It's extremely difficult to get a crime reference number. And it's very important to get a crime reference number when your dog goes missing. In this instance, there was CCTV. So the lady could actually show the police and you could see the gentleman or gentlemen, I'm calling them. God, <laughs> the people who stole the dog were very clear to see. So, you you know, it was an easy case for the police. But when a dog has disappeared in a park or from your garden and you haven't got ev any evidence, it's extremely difficult to get a crime reference number. Kent police have always been good because they've worked with dog loss for so many years. So it always looked like Kent was the the biggest area for dog theft, when in fact that was the area that recorded dog theft correctly. There are stats that say only about 22% of, of dogs that go missing or are stolen are reunited with their owners. 
Why do you think this number is so low? Why is it so difficult if you had to summarise to get a dog back after it's been stolen? I, I probably think the figure is lower than that, to be honest. For the breeding dogs, dogs that go into puppy farms, they'll usually be dumped after they've been used and abused and they can't produce any more litters. We often get dogs picked up who are in a terrible state but still remember their homes and it's heartwarming to see that they come home and they've got the love of their families again. Um, but there's an awful lot of dogs that will be sold on to the public. And these are the dogs that are being let down by the veterinary profession, because if the vets don't check microchips, there's no way these dogs are going to get home. It's quite simple. It's not rocket science. You know, microchips were made to be scanned and checked and it's just not being done. Do you think that the changes from the government that that your campaign has helped bring about, will these go far enough? Or do you think that there can be more that should or could be done to help prevent and punish pet theft? I think that once we see dog theft as a specific crime, you will see a difference. I think organised crime or organised criminals will think twice about what they're doing. I think the opportune thieves will still keep going because it's one of those things that you'll see a dog outside a shop or you'll pass a guard and you think, oh, that's a nice dog, and just nick it. Do you have any specific advice for a pet owner to help prevent themselves and their and their pets from becoming victims of pet theft? If you could sit opposite a pet owner right now and give your top tips for protecting their pet, what would they be? Well, you have to remember there's about 9 million dogs in the UK and the number of dogs that are being stolen is actually quite small. So it is rare. But the thing is, we're all vulnerable. And that's the thing to remember. I think if you never leave your dog outside a shop, never leave your dog in a car, vary your route times and where you go. Home security is the top tip. Make sure your gardens and your homes are secure. It's the number one tip. And, you know, if you're aware, you should be safe. But I know accidents happen. You have builders who leave doors open, kids who leave gates open. Things happen, you know, so never blame the pet owner because it's not always black and white what happens, you know, and uh, helping people to get their dogs back is the important thing. That was going to be my next question, actually. So how can owners improve their chances or how can we help owners to be reunited with their pet if they go stolen or missing? What do they have to do? What has to be done? Well, if you know your dog's been stolen, you phone 999. If you suspect your dog has been stolen, uh, you would phone the police on 101. You would register on dogloss.co.uk, which is a national database, which is free, award-winning. It's been there, well, help me, back in 2006. It's been there all the time. Posters are instantly made and then get on social media. You also have to report to the local animal warden because if somebody finds a lost dog, they are by law expected to call the local animal warden as well. So there's a link there for, for that. So contact the local animal warden and also contact the microchip database. Can't tell you how important it is to double check your microchip registration is correct. There's a fraudulent database which is allowed to trade in the UK. So you pay your money, but if the chip is scanned, it will read as unregistered. Government can't take it down because something to do with allowing trade from other countries. But trading standards have issued a warning about them. So every single database has got a checkerchip.com or checkerchip.co.uk 
And you literally just pop your microchip number into the box and it will tell you what database you're on to call because there's now 17 databases. And you can phone the database and check your details are up to date and in your name. If your dog was moved out, you know, up the country and you were trying to find your dog, if the microchip isn't registered, you're not going to be told. And you only have seven days to find your dog. So after seven days, the dog becomes property of the council or the rescue. And they can then rehome the dog and you can't do anything about that. And seven days isn't very long to find your dog if it's been moved. So it's really important. And as an insurance company, it's one of the things you can double check, get get people to make sure they check it. I can't tell you how important that is. That's fantastic advice. And I didn't realise that actually about the seven day limit. So is this something that you're campaigning to get changed as well? Because that doesn't seem very long. (laughs) We're trying, we're working with uh, DEFRA at the moment. They've got a new consultation out, which is open until the 17th of May, about the microchip databases. And there's loads of questions in there about databases, who should be checking the microchips. Um, And actually, you can add things. So you can add about seven days. But the main thing is trying to get the public aware to check their microchip registration. It's really, really important. Thank you to Debbie for giving us a fascinating insight into pet theft and what we can do to better protect our pets. This has been The Pet Perspective by Napo Pet Insurance. You can find more things that your pet would want you to know at napo.pet.